Our text this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 13, beginning at verse 24. Hear the word of the Lord. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore again, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no. For in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we've gathered here to place ourselves in front of your word, asking now that your spirit would carry it deep into the most protected corners of our heart. This we pray in the name of the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus tells another parable. A farmer planted good seed in his field. At night while he was sleeping, an enemy enemy planted weeds. When the plants came up, it was apparent that there were both wheat and weeds in the fields. Farmer's servant asked, shall we pull up the weeds? But he said no, because you would also uproot the wheat. Let the weeds and the wheat grow together, and at the harvest, we'll separate them. There are a lot of weeds in the garden called our life, and we all have servants who are happy to point them out to us. (laughs) We get a lot of judgment. And it lasts our whole life. We're judged by our parents and by our children, by our friends and our spouses, by the people who love us and the people who do not, by our colleagues, our teachers, our doctors, and certainly by the church. And very often the judgment is not good. Too many weeds. These are the reviews that we still have memorized. But the greatest critic of all is the person who keeps showing up in the mirror. Too many weeds. What bothers us most are not our mistakes, which we find easier to forgive. No, what really makes us crazy is the deeply rooted problems that we have, the inclinations to do that which is wrong. It's not the sin, it's the addiction to the sin that troubles us. 
the terrible temper that has the capacity to take off other people's heads. We hate that about ourselves. The things that we've done and left undone, the guilt that persists, or the resentment at what others have done, and it just eats away at our soul. Or the ever-present anxiety that mars every day of our lives. When we try to make changes, we find that these things are deeply rooted in us, and the roots are entwined around that which is good about us. And we seem stuck with ourselves. The Apostle Paul knows this struggle all too well. In Romans 7, he says, I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. I keep, I cannot do the good that I want to do, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then almost immediately he goes on to say, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Notice Paul is not saying you need to do some work on your garden. He's saying thanks be to God that we have a Savior who can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So once again it gets back to the grace of God. You do not fully understand grace if you're not at least a little bit offended by it. Because it claims that God has to do what you clearly cannot do for yourself. Like forgive you. Or change you. Or make you useful. Restore the garden that you've let go to weed. We hear often the call to engage in the mission of Christ or the call to engage in social justice. To advocate for these things are not hard. To want to do them is not hard. It's the doing that which is just which is hard. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ who frees us to do that which we cannot this is what is core to the ministry of Jesus to bring us this transforming grace. Bring us to not only will the right, but to do it. This summer I received a letter from American Express. It began, Dear M. <laughs> you deserve a European vacation. Well, not only do I not deserve a European vacation, but if American Express really knew me, it would know that the last thing I want is what I do deserve. What I want, what I need, is this grace of God that can do something about these weeds in my life. The church also has weeds. It's the temptation of every pastor to think that the church will be fine if we can just get rid of the weedy people. 
But the weeds are not leaving. They keep threatening to leave. <laughs> Why do they think that's a threat? I, I always wanted to say, this is what I've been praying for. There's the door. But no, they're not leaving. The cool people leave, but not the weeds. St. Augustine used this parable in his polemic against the Donatists, who were seeking a pure church. And Augustine said, clearly, there are weeds in the church. But the body of Christ is holy not because its members are holy, only because the head of the body is holy. That is what we mean by holy church, filled with weeds, just as in each of our lives. It's the head of the body that's holy. So a pastor drives home at the end of another long, hard, and maybe even painful day, and she is lamenting, who will rescue me from this body of death called the church? And then St. Paul and St. Augustine and her theological education will whisper to her, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, how is it that this grace of God in Jesus Christ rescues us? Well, as the parable goes, it clearly doesn't remove the weeds. Jesus, who told this parable, did not come to do gardening in our lives, to get rid of the weeds. Jesus, as the Son of God, came to give us God so that nothing can separate us from God again, not even our sins. To receive this grace, to respond to this love of God, is to respond with all of us. This is what we mean by saying give our lives to God. You have to give your whole life, not just the weedy part, not just the part you're proud of, not just the righteous parts. You've got to give him the things you are most ashamed of giving him. That's why we call him Savior. You've got to give him the weeds. Again, this will not free you from the presence of weeds. It will free you from preoccupation with them so that you can get back to being useful. It will free you from the temptation to succumb to their power in your life because there is a savior at work. But you've got to keep your eyes focused on the salvation of this one who's brought God to us. This is why spirituality and social action have to go hand in hand. You won't last unless you're attending to the work of the savior in your own life. You'll keep getting distracted. You'll keep finding your life in the weeds. This is why we come to communion for this miraculous exchange where we lay here our sins and receive Christ's righteousness. And then we leave finally enabled to follow Christ to the places of mission to which he calls us. This doesn't get us off the hook for our sins. Of course not. This sin still does devastation to the garden, the good garden God created. It hurts Jesus Christ. It hurts us. It certainly hurts those around us. What it does do, though, is it frees us from the overwhelming power to succumb to these sins by knowing there is a Savior at work within us. 
Then we get to the end of the parable, to the harvest, the hard part. The time comes when the reaping will arrive and the wheat and the weeds will be separated and the wheat will be bound up and placed in the barn and the weeds will be burned. Here it is again, judgment. Judgment day. We live by actually our hope that a day will come when the good is no longer entwined with evil in us or in the world. But that day need not make you afraid. The real judgment day, the one that's really important, is not the one that is to come, but it is the one that already occurred 2,000 years ago on the cross of Jesus Christ, who died for our sins. If you have a commitment to this judge who is judged in our place, if you have a vision of a judge who is dying to love you, then you are free from anxiety about the judgment to come. And certainly the judgment that keeps showing up in the mirror. Free to actually be a disciple, to follow Jesus out into the world, a world that is dying for change desperately in need of a savior. You now get to participate in this. Now you can not only will what is right, but by the grace of God, do it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.